Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinza. We shall defend our rock and roll, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender the Decibel Geek. What's up? I'm Aaron Camaro. There's Chris Sinzak. What's going on, my man? I just want to drink some beer and play some songs, but that sounds good to me. Hey, well, we're doing the new wave of British heavy metal this week. I thought it appropriate, right? That's cool. I am. I'm not drinking a uh, UK beer. I'm drinking an American beer, so I'm, I'm guess I'm not fully with the theme, but it'll work. Get anyway. with it, man. But yeah, this is a uh, this is an ep- this is an episode we've wanted to do for a long time. It's kind of hard to believe we've gone four years and haven't addressed this topic yet. Yeah, it's such a milestone of uh, rock history. But uh, better late than never. That's right. We're going to have a lot of fun with it today. Another thing that's fun for me, iTunes reviews. I always get a kick out of reading the iTunes reviews. It's so much fun. You, you get in a, you're having a bad day. You know, you, Things are rough at work. You know, All the way down to your best girlfriend. You know, <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes I need something to pick me up. And what I do is I go to iTunes and I read the reviews and I see something like this. And this one's entitled Awesome Rock and Roll Podcast. See, that makes me feel better already. And it's by Mike5150. And he says, if you love your slice of 80s rock and the bands of that era, then you will be blown away by this podcast. One of the best shows on the on iTunes. Keep up the rock and great work, Chris and Aaron. Five stars, baby. I love it. So Michael Anthony likes the show. That's cool. Yeah, super cool. We <laughs> love him, too. That would be nice if it was really him, wouldn't it? It's nice whoever it is. It's yeah. nice whoever takes the time to leave us iTunes reviews. Absolutely. We just hit 100. And like <laughs> yeah, you that said, was number 100. we have way more than 100 people listening to this show every single week. We have way 103. More. So three of you need to hurry up. <laughs> three of you are not with it. So for the three of you that haven't done it yet, <laughs> go to iTunes, leave us a review. While you're there, subscribe. It comes right to you every single week. No work involved. See? Nice and easy. Absolutely. And if you uh, love the music that you heard leading into the show, that's this week's feature. Artists. That's a band called The Swear. 
They're an Atlanta-based rock band led by uh, award-winning songwriter Elizabeth Elkins. They've got a punk work ethic. The band's played hundreds of shows across the U.S. since its beginning in 2005. They've released two records. The band's songs have been on television shows, including Smallville, Rescue Me, and we'll forgive you for this, Jersey Shore. So <laughs> Smallville's cool. Yeah, and um, they actually, um, Kevin Williams sent us a whole bunch of cool stuff, and uh, we'll be... Uh, Giving some of that away on a certain thing yeah. that we'll be unveiling pretty soon. Yeah, that, we got uh, a stack of cool stuff here that we're just dying to give away. And we're going to give you guys the opportunity coming up in the next couple of weeks yes. to really get into the Decibel Geek experience in a way you never have been able to before. Yes, and if you want to hear more of the swear, just go to the show notes for this week's episode and you will have the link to the swear and check out all their stuff and uh, let them know that uh, we sent you. Absolutely, yeah. Tell them, tell them you heard about them here. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing we got to hit before we get into the music uh, is Geeks of the Week. We had a huge response to last week's episode with Anthony Corder doing the yes. Tora Tora Wild America Albums Unleashed. And uh, a lot of great feedback. A lot of people that uh, hadn't heard the album in many years that got turned on to it again. A lot of you that hadn't heard it ever and got turned on to it for the first time. Yeah. I think it was a lot more people going, wow, I remember this and I haven't yeah. heard it in so long and I got to get it. And it's, uh, yeah, it'll, once you listen to it once, you'll want to listen to it over and over again. So Hell we yeah. appreciate that. These are the people that shared on Facebook and rehooted on Twitter last week's albums Unleashed, Tora Tora, Wild America. We Geeks of the Week this week, and this is just for Facebook because I'm having some Twitter issues, some Twitter difficulty. The Twitter is on the fritz. Yes, so this is just for Facebook. Geeks of the Week were Mike Blunt, The Double Stop Podcast, Wayne Cross, Tim Dills, David Stonich, Onich, Dude. Mark Alden Taylor, Justin H6, Mike Mike Stewart, Brent Walter, Brian Ingridson, Gino Ames, Joe Royland, Ian Wadley, Billy Hardaway. I've seen him recently. I love that guy. Greg McGlone, Andrew Jacobs, Warren Money, Derek Novak, Chad Pollock, Wesley Purvis, Michael Bartley, and the Riff of the Day. Some of the greatest people in the world right there. True. Supporting the Decibel Geek podcast. We shall prevail. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so let's get into the topic for this week. A new wave of British heavy metal. A milestone in rock history. And uh, so much to choose from. I'm sure we're going to piss off a lot of you on what we didn't pick. But again, you know, this is one of those that we can always we can go back. back. And yeah. I, I want to. After doing some research on this, I want to There's come a lot back of, to this. a lot of fun stuff. And, you know, so we, we kind of aimed for a mix of some of the familiar and then some of the unknown. Right. Give you a little bit of a mix of both. So uh, you're going to play out the show, so I'll right. go first. Okay. Okay, the first one I'm going to pick is definitely more of an unknown band, unless you're more of a diehard. This is a band called Fist. Which, I've never heard um, of Fist before. Don't mistake that with uh, hardcore porn. But uh, they, they uh, let's see, Fist formed in South Shields, Northeast Ouch. UK in 1978. Signed to Neat Records, which Neat Records will come up a lot in conversation today. Yeah. Uh, released their first single in 1980. Turn the Hell On was released in the band tour with the likes of UFO, Judas Priest, and Iron Maiden. Unfortunately, the LP suffered from a poor mix, and MCA didn't have any real experience of dealing with metal bands and promoted the band poorly. Turn the Hell on inevitably failed to satisfy MCA sales-wise, and fists were dropped by the label in early 81. Uh, apart from a co couple of compilation appearances uh, showing up on the neat compilation Lead Weight, Fist went unheard from for a short time and then revamped the lineup in 81 and issued their second LP, which I'm going to play a track from. The LP was called Back With a Vengeance. So there was a big break in between. Yeah, there's a lot of change with this band. Ironically, the album had a better mix, but a truly awful, awful album cover, almost the complete opposite of the previous effort. So now, the first one, the album yeah. cover was awesome, but the sound was bad. Yeah. This one, the, the sound good. was good, but the but, what, was the, what well, were the, the covers? The, uh, 
The album cover is familiar if you're a Pantera fan because the album cover is basically a fist hitting a face, oh. but it's in pretty poor taste because it looks like it's a fist hitting a woman's face. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so not that I'm condoning domestic violence or anything on here, but it's a it's it's a little bit of a shocker album cover. But um, reviews, reviews were favorable for the album. A few kind of minor quibbles about the band sounding too American due to Glenn Coates' smoother vocals. However, the band seemed a little too restrained, also mainly gigging locally in the Northeast UK. They went through a few more changes from that point until finally and officially disbanding in 1985. That's it. We're out of here. Yeah. The fist is gone. That's right. But uh, this is the fist from 1982 and from Back with a Vengeance, The Feeling's Right.
feels good to me. I hope so. Yeah, it's a, they're the interesting band from an interesting time. But yeah, I don't think a lot of you have heard of Fist. No, that's a first for me. Yeah, but I'd that, like to maybe check out some more of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've enjoyed you know just doing the research for this show and yeah, uh, me listening too. to their stuff. I I really had a good time listening to them. You know, that's one of them things. You know, I've in doing the research for this, I've introduced myself to a lot of great bands that I never heard of before. Fist being one of them here today. That's the way it works sometimes here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. You're going to get some stuff you heard of and you know and you love, and some stuff you're going to get introduced to here's one if you know them you love them if you don't know them you're about to this is a band that originated from south yorkshire and they were formed in 1976 the band was originally named son of a bitch (laughs) what a great name i like that and they were an opening act for another future rock legend ian gillen this is a band they didn't stay son of a bitch for long they became known as Saxon. Oh yeah, me too. They shopped their demo around for a while, but because, you know, at that time it was it wasn't the new wave of British heavy metal, it was just new wave. You know, that was that was the big thing in, in the UK. And record companies, you know, they didn't, like you said, with uh, Fist, they really didn't know what to do with these metal bands at that time. But uh, they stuck it out. They kept playing. And uh, eventually, a rep from EMI saw them playing at the Civic Hall in Barnsley. And they were signed and released their self-titled debut in 1979. They went on tour opening for Motorhead. Heck yeah, that's the way to go. And in 1980, they returned with the iconic album Wheels of Steel. The song 747, Strangers in the Night, is a big hit in the U.K., and the album reaches number five in the U.K. So here's a taste off of that. I love this song. This has got to be one of the greatest rock songs of all time. You tell me what you think. So right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast from 1980, it's Saxon with Wheels of Steel.
1980 Saxon Wheels of Steel, uh, the self-titled album. You gotta love it. Good so stuff. So good. It's funny you mentioned uh, New Wave. I'm trying to picture Biff Byford with a skinny tie. It's not no, a good image. No. Yeah. I don't but, like that at all. <laughs> let's move on from that. You know, nearly 40 years and 20 albums later, Saxon's still out there killing it. Saxon's seven, uh, 747.com. They uh, released an album a couple years ago called Sacrifice. Great it album. Didn't even chart in the U.S. It's an awesome what album. What the hell's wrong with us? Uh, People they did crack a, the top 10 in the UK, and they're yeah. out there. So check them out. Find out on the website. They're they're touring. Yeah, I wish they Probably would Probably not show. over here. I wish they would do a show here, because I'd Man. love to see them live. Okay, so my next pick is, uh, I think some people that know about New Wave of British Heavy Metal know of this band, because they have such a unique name. Yeah, definitely but, a weird name. Talking about a band called the Tigers of Pantang. And they were formed in 78 in Whitley Bay, active until 87, and then they reformed in 99. The name is derived from Pantang, a fiction art Archipelid, uh, never mind. I don't oh, even what? try that word. No, I've never heard Fantasy of that. Fantasy series whose whose wizards keep tigers as pets. That's an even bigger word than gymnasium. Yeah, I'm not even trying it. <laughs> um, the Tigers of Pantane was ori- originally formed by Rob Weir on guitar, Richard Rocky Laws on bass, Jess Cox on vocals, and Brian Dick on drums. The Brian Dick played Dick. drums. They played in working men's clubs and were first signed by Neat Records. Another, there we go again with Neat Records, before MCA gave them a major deal. After several singles, they released their first album, Wildcat, in 1980. The album reached number 18 in the UK charts in the first week of release. Subsequently, John Sykes, formerly of Street Fighter, later in Badlands, then Lizzie Whitesnake, Blue Murder, we all heard it. You John name Sykes, it, he's done it. Was added as a second guitarist. Um, Jess Cox had a falling out with the others and quit to be replaced by... Persian risk vocalist John Deverell. Wow. This lineup released Spellbound in 81. These Brits all have a hard time getting along with each other in these bands. Sykes quit after the release of the third album, Crazy Nights, hmm, uh, to audition for Ozzy Osbourne's band. He was replaced by ex 
penetration guitarist Fred Purser, who had to learn the set in two days before touring. Holy so, shit. So, like, a lot of these bands were, like, shuffling members constantly. So, yeah. there was not a lot of organization within the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, but uh, Tigers of Pantang on the Wildcat album put out a lot of great music, and this is one of those tracks. This is Susie Smile from 1980 from Tigers of Pantang.
I dig it. It's a weird name, but it's good music. Yeah, it is a weird name. Strange. <laughs> so what do you got next for your next pick? So far, so good on the new wave of British heavy metal. I got one for you. This one, I guess, is a little questionable. Some might say they're not really part of the new wave of British heavy metal, but you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and cover this one anyway. <laughs> Because the story of Fastway is a pretty strange and fascinating one. You know, of course, Fast Eddie Clark had been a part of Motorhead from nearly be the beginning. And with him on guitar, they the band had found a lot of success in the UK. The uh, 1980 Vic Mail produced Ace of Spades goes to number four on the UK album charts. That's a big one. And the follow-up live at Hammersmith goes to number one. Mm -hmm. Motorhead is ruling in the UK. But by 1982, things are starting to go downhill a little bit within the band. Now, Lemmy didn't like the fact that Eddie had scrapped the production of Vic Mail and reproduced the 1982 Iron Fist album, which, in I retrospect, it's a great album, but the, the production ain't up to par. It, it doesn't sound as good as Ace of Spades. Hmm. I like the production. Um, and Fast Eddie didn't like that Lemmy was kind Constantly dragging him into side projects with chick bands like Wendy O. Williams and Girl School. Hmm. He didn't like being Lemmy's wingman. I almost played a Girl School track for this episode. Yeah, you sure could have. Some good stuff there. I mean, how hard is it to be Lemmy's wingman? I mean, look, it's Lemmy. There yeah, he is. Strong liver required. You know, but on the other side of that, have you ever heard the song Stand By Your Man with Lemmy and Wendy O. Williams? Yeah, I think I had. it's been a long time. Good God. Yeah. If you haven't, don't. Just, just don't. <laughs> You know, that's when Eddie uh, met up with UFO bassist Pete Way, who was also unhappy with his current situation. They both quit their bands and combine their powers. They combine their powers. It's awesome. And they create Fast Way. You know, like Fast Eddie Clark, Pete yeah, Way, yeah. Fast Way. Get that? See what they did there. See what they did there? <laughs> Uh, originally, they're joined by the Clash drummer Topper Heaton, although when he can't commit full-time, they recruit Humble Pie drummer Jerry Shirley. Good drummer. Yeah. The supergroup then puts out the word that they're looking for a singer and are bombarded with tapes from hopefuls from all over the world. And they find an awesome one in Ireland by the name of Dave King, and they start demoing. They sign with CBS Records, and right before, I'm talking like right before they enter the studio to record with Eddie Kramer, Pete Way disappears. No one can find him. Nobody knows where he is. We're supposed to go in the studio in like 10 minutes, and yeah. he ain't freaking here. What's going on? Get a studio player. Hey, there's Mickey Feet. Let's get him to play on it. And he does a great job cranking out a blistering self-titled debut in 1983. You've probably heard this one before. If not, oh, you're going to love it. From 1983, this is Fastway with Say What You Will.
can't beat the swagger of that riff. Jeez, man. Fast City Clark freaking wails. Great song and uh, a great band. And uh, yeah. it's uh, Pete Way will go down in history along with Keith Richards as how the hell are they still alive? Right. It's just the amount of excess that that guy has been through is insane. For sure. Uh, just battled cancer too recently. Really? Yeah. I Dang. think he just got through radiation. Crazy stuff. Dang. Well, don't expect a phone call in the hospital from Fast Eddie Clark. No, probably not. You know, um, Fastway's gone on through many lineup changes over the years with Eddie Clark and Dave King as the constants. You know, that's kind of the classic lineup. Those two and whoever else is there. Uh, who could forget 1986 Trick or Treat soundtrack? I yep. freaking love that album. Love it. Yep. I would love to do an album's Unleashed on that if we could get <laughs> on somebody. On a Trick or Treat soundtrack? Shit, yeah, that's man. An idea. Shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, too bad that was the last of the Clark and King partnership. Dave King goes on to form Flogging Molly, which is an Irish punk band really? that's I didn't know still that. around to this day. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Fast Eddie still busts out different versions of Fastway from time to time. He released Dog Eat Dog in 2010 with Toby Jepsen from Little Angels and Gun on vocals, and it's fucking awesome. Huh, oh, it's good. Really good. So that's Fastway. Cool. So uh, New I'll wave have, of British uh, heavy metal or not? I don't know, but I like it. It's a good excuse to play it anyway. Yeah. All right, so um, one more, and then we'll go to the break. Uh, my next pick I wanted to play something by Raven, and uh, this is a this is a very this band kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you talk about a lot of these bands, and but this band is also very responsible for like the early days of thrash metal. I mean, they were a very influential band. Oh yeah. Now I'll I'll just full disclosure here. The first time I ever saw Raven was on a video late at night. And I think the song was was the song called "On and On," and like the drummer's wearing like a helmet yeah, yeah, and he's stuff. Like the ultimate oh, warrior. Like yeah, it was the ultimate warrior with yeah. like a, with a hockey helmet. And honestly, when I watched it, I was like, "This is the stupidest fucking yeah. thing I've ever seen." And I was just like, what? "I had the stay was stay hard album with." But well, but the music was good. But the the image, I was like, "What the fuck are these guys doing? This is ridiculous." But like, and then as I've learned more about Raven over the years, I realized that they're like they have a real good tongue in cheek sense of humor. Right. So like, you can't really take them that seriously. But when it comes to the album they released in 1983 called All for One, you have to take it seriously because it's a great album. This was their third full length album released in August of '83. This would be their last album outside of a major label. Also being said by fans to be their last Golden Age album. It contains some of their finest work. Uh, it's also noticeable that Udo Dirkschneider from Accept uh, uh, appears on a couple of tracks on this album. Right on. Um, if you don't know Raven, they're a power trio with John Gallagher on bass and vocals, Mark Gallagher on guitar, and Rob Hunter on drums. Otherwise and, known as Wacko. Yeah, Wacko. Yeah. And uh, All for One from 83 was produced by Udo Dirkschneider and Michael Wagner. Nice. So uh, there's a little tie into right. Decibel Geek history, too. Um, this is a really good album and it sounds great and uh, I just wanted to go with the first track on the album this is Raven from 1983 as we go into the break with Take Control Shut up. 
Deep Thoughts with Lemmy Kilmeister. And I'd like you to know that I really don't give a fuck about any of your problems myself because I have my own to deal with. So good luck and good hunting. Proving to the world that Nashville is about more than banjo picking and sister banging. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. That music you're enjoying right now comes from a great band called The Swear, and we want you to check them out because they're good friends of the show. Yes, absolutely. Go on the show notes and look up the link for The Swear. Um, been an interesting week on Amazon. Uh, as you guys, if you don't know, we have an Amazon affiliate link on the website. Just go to decibelgeek.com, click on the Amazon banner, and just do your shopping as normal. You know, and uh, we get a kickback, and then I get a nice report of what you guys are buying. That's the cool thing that I've been noticing about these reports, because you bring them over, and this is like the first time I get to see them. And I look at it, and I say, wow, you know, podcasts really do sell music. We're like the MTV of our era, Chris. You, you know that? Just on a m- much smaller scale. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's as close as you're going to get, so you just take it. Which one of us is Ken Ober, and which one of us is Colin Quinn? I have no idea. <laughs> All right, uh, so just a few of the things that were bought on uh, Amazon. Uh, let's see. Hair of the Dog was bought. Ign- yeah. Ignite was bought. And yeah. Rise was bought. See, that's why we broke it down for you last week. We made it nice and easy, and all three of the albums easily found. So Ryan Cook, enjoy the uh, 50 cents you're getting in royalties for that. <laughs> um, it's more than we're making. It is more than we're that's making. That's all right. We're just happy to get the, <laughs> get the word out about this stuff. Also, uh, another copy of Armored Saint Went Hands Down was nice. bought. Nice. See? Uh, Halloween, My God-Given Right was bought. That's awesome. Progeny Highlights from 72, a 3LP set by the band Yes was bought. Uh-huh. Wow. We've, we've that's, never played that's any interesting. Yes on the show. That's interesting. See, we did tell them you could trick other people into using the Decimal yes. Geek link, too, and it's working. It's also, working. Um, Last of Our Kind and um, Liam Left the Lights On Again, but, uh, also by Hair of the Dog, but the Irish Folk Hair of the Dog. Oh, no. So this is starting into a trend. Oh, man. Um, Those guys, they're yeah. going to be like... Like, what is going on? Why are we all of a sudden getting a spike in album sales? Ooh, I just had an idea. What's that? A, a, um, a double bill tour with Hair of the Dog opening for Hair of the Dog. <laughs> <laughs> some Irish folk and some hard rock. Wow. Um, double dog. And then also, um, let's see, a Kiss Army metal keychain was purchased. Right on. And a Millen- Star Wars Millennium Falcon replica keychain was purchased, which is pretty cool. That's super cool. So there, were, there were some uh, sporty, awesome keys. Those are some of the purchases got. this week on Amazon.com through the Decibel Geek link. Just go to DecibelGeek.com, see that Amazon banner, click on it. And uh, Aaron's going to tell you a little bit about um, our friend uh, Daryl Albert from HK Collectibles, Inc., who has a uh, really awesome Amazon store that we're helping promote this Heck month. yeah, we, uh, we told you about Daryl last week, and he's over at HK Collectibles, Inc. Make sure you get the ink in there, because otherwise you're going to not find it. And he is a proud supporter of the Decibel Geek Podcast, and we want to help shine a little bit of light on his Amazon store, because, man, he's got some cool stuff that I told you about last week, and he's moving some more of his rare tickets right now. And he sent us a link to this one, and it's, it's, he sent us a picture of it. It's awesome. It's a ticket to a 1975 concert at the Palm Beach International Raceway called Florida Rock, starring Led Zeppelin. Now, the show was announced, tickets were printed, 
but the show was canceled. This is an unused ticket, yeah. and it's available right now over at HK Collectibles, Inc., along with thousands. I'm talking literally thousands of other great items. You go there, you start flipping through, you're going to lose yourself in all the amazing things. If nothing else, just check it out for all the amazing things that you can see, like this ticket. Yeah. And the best way to get there is just simply go to decibelgeek.com and click on the HK Collectibles, Inc. banner and do some shopping, have some fun, help us out at the same time, help out our friend Daryl, and it's all good. It's Absolutely. all good. So yeah, check All out these bands stuff. we're playing today also on Amazon. Yes, and links in the show notes for all their Amazon stores. Absolutely. So uh, let's see. We left off with Raven, so now it's your pick. All right, let's see. Oh, nice. Nice. You're going to like this. I think you told me you know about them. This is a band mm-hmm. that I never, ever heard of in my life before we did the research for this. Yeah, I had this album on vinyl back years ago. How did you hide it from your parents? I did hide it from my parents <laughs> because it's got a shocking album cover with a nude woman on right. it. Right. Okay, so so let me tell you, because I don't know much about Witchfinder General, but what, let me tell you what I do know. They originated in Storebridge in 1979. They were formed by teenage cousins Zeb Parks and Phil Cope. And they were themed after an English historical figure named Matthew Hopkins. This is a real-life witch hunter from the 1600s. <laughs> that explains the weird album covers. And I, talking about that, I know that they may be more well-known for their provocative album covers on their only two releases, Death Penalty and Friends of Hell, than maybe for their music, yeah, which is kind of sad. But the album covers are freaking nuts. Yeah, it's it's this, the album cover of this one's weird. And I had it. Um, I had a friend of mine who was into lots of like black metal and crazy shit, and he gave it to me because he was trying to turn me on to some heavier stuff. He was right. like, "You like poison and shit like that? You're too much of a wuss." And <laughs> yeah. Here's, the, here's listen to this. these, and he gave me this and like a handful of other like Venom and some other stuff. Right. And didn't really take, but I did keep it in my collection. I think I wound up selling it to a pawn shop later on. But there is some interesting stuff on here. It's definitely Sabbath influence. Oh, for sure. That's that's what made me like it. So I figured I'd give you guys a taste of it, and then you can go off on your own and check out the album covers if you dare. <laughs> so in the meantime, from Witchfinder General, from their 1982 album, Death Penalty.
Pretty wild. Yeah. You're lucky. You're lucky your parents never found that album. Oh, You'd have been in deep shit. I made sure it was hidden well in my stack of vinyl. <laughs> yeah, because it's... That's uh, an album you got to keep underneath your mattress yeah, next to the Playboy. Go on, <laughs> go online and look up the album cover. You'll... you'll oh, it's, you'll it's far out. Keep and, the kids out of the room. And, and then, you know, if you're interested in that sort of thing, look up the story about Matthew Hopkins. That's pretty crazy, yeah, too. The, the authentic witch hunter. Yeah, Very strange. I didn't know the story behind that. No. That's and new. this band, they reunited back way back in 2008 without the co-founder Zeb Parks and released an album called Resurrected. Then they went back to hunting witches and were <laughs> never heard from again. It's all very mysterious. Sounds like a bad reality show. Very mysterious. All right. So. All right, man. You're up next. All right, oh, yeah. Now we're getting into the thick of it here. Well, let's go to something that's definitely a little bit more well-known. Uh, couldn't do a new wave of British heavy metal episode without playing some Judas Priest. No so, way. Of course, very hard to decide what to play. And, you know, when I think of the new wave, and I'm not going to say new album because I don't like it. People say that. NWOBHM, you know. Do the, people say that? Yeah, well, the guy on the uh, the the Sam Dunn from the uh, you know doc the VH1 documentary. All right, yeah. He calls it new album, but I'm not going to call it. that. I will not ever say that word. I already did, but well, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, Judas Priest, it was hard to decide which to play, but I figured 1980 was kind of like uh, maybe the peak of this whole thing. So yeah. I was like, well, they released British Steel in '80. British Steel was their fifth studio album, released April of '80. Produced by Tom Allen for Columbia Records, recorded at Tittenhurst Park, which is the home of former Beatle Ringo Starr. Uh, it was a recording studio located on the grounds of the of the property. After a false start at Starling Studios in December '79, digital right. sampling was not available at this time, so the band used analog recording of smashing milk bottles to be included on Breaking the Law, yeah. as well as various sounds and metal gods produced by billiard cues and trays of cutlery. Yeah, that's awesome. I seen that on that uh, behind the music or whatever. So anytime I drop dishes, I just say that I'm recreating metal <laughs> gods. I meant to do that. Right. Ah! Um. In uh, 2009, Judas Priest kicked off their 30th anniversary tour in the U.S. by playing British Steel live in its entirety for the first time, which must have been really awesome. Uh, This is a a great album. Hard to pick just one off of it, but I had to pick one. And this is my choice. This is Judas Priest from British Steel with Rapid Fire.
no way you could do an episode about the new wave of British heavy metal without including the mighty Judas Priest. And still going out and kicking ass and, you know, putting out great music. And, yeah, my hat's off to them. They're a great band. Would be great to see them tour with a uh, makeup wearing band next year, if possible. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would like that. Motor oh, band Priest is awesome live. Yeah, I I've never seen them live. I, w- I would love to see them live once. Yeah, I got yeah. to see them live once. It was kick ass. It blew my him? mind when you pl- when uh, Priest was on Ozfest. Uh, oh, okay. Year- sometime in the 2000s, I guess. That wasn't the Ripper years, right? No, uh-uh. that was when Helford was back. Yeah. Came out on the stage with the motorcycle and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, cool. that was sweet. All right, what do you got next? All right, the next one, here's another one. You really can't do the new wave of British heavy metal without, even though they didn't really consider themselves a part of it. And I'm talking about Motorhead, because in 1980, we're talking about the peak of the the British wave of new heavy metal, and that's about the same time Motorhead's at their peak. Um, In 1980, they released the Ace of Spades album. We talked about that a little bit earlier when we were talking about Fast Eddie Clark. He's on the list twice today. That's nice. Yeah, he's getting a lot of airplay. Shit, man, one of the greatest albums of all time. No doubt about it, hands down. And like I said, Lemmy didn't even really consider the the band to be a part of the new wave of British heavy metal. He didn't like the band to be considered heavy metal. He's adamant and always has been that Motorhead is a rock and roll band. Yeah. I believe it. It's heavy rock and roll, but that's the way I like it. Fast Eddie Clark, Lemmy, the filthy animal, doing it only as Motorhead can. From that Ace of Spades album in 1980, here's Motorhead with The Chase is Better Than The Catch.
good old Lemmy. You can't beat Lemmy. Uh, Motorhead Man. just found out is set to release a yeah. new album this year. The 22nd Motorhead studio album is coming out in August. It's called Black Magic, the follow-up to 2013's Stellar Aftershock. If it's anything as good as that one, bring it on. Yeah, and honestly, a little surprised to hear it because the last couple of times I've seen pictures of Lemmy, he is not looking well. Indefreakinstructable. So he's just he's going to do it till he drops, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, track by track, or uh, the track listing and the cover art's already been released. Motorhead.com says expect a tour. I think it's coming out in October, Ooh. isn't it? I think it said August was, was last August? I read, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll do my... It's I done. Was, it's ready. Bring my, it on. I was talking to my boss, who's a he's a fan of a lot of Howard Rock and Metal. At, the other day I mentioned, I was like, uh, Motorhead's coming out, and he just smirked, and he goes, I wonder what it's going to sound like. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> Motorhead, <laughs> yeah. and that's good. Sounds just it's like Motorhead, like it always does. Hell yeah. All right, so I've got one more pick to go, and um, I don't know if this would be considered controversial, because... Not really, because when the, when they were a part of this new wave of British heavy metal, they kind of did fit in at the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as time went on, most people would not consider Def Leppard a real metal band. Not in retrospect, looking at their career as a whole. Right, because they went on to be much more mainstream and poppy sounding. Not that that's bad. I own a lot of those albums. I don't care for it. But in 1980... Yeah, that's what I like. They were putting out On Through the Night, which was very different than what they would wind up sounding like. It was their debut album, released in March of that year. It charted at 51 on the Billboard 200, went and 15 on the UK uh, album chart. Certified platinum in 1989. Took a while for this one to go platinum. Yeah. Um, of course, this was the Pete Willis years when he was playing guitar for the band before he got tossed out for I think drinking was his issue. Um, That's you got to be drinking a lot, a lot to get Steve kicked Clark out of was Def Leppard for too. Oh, but um, he just did not. He did not fit in with uh, the band apparently at the time. But man, On Through the Night is a really good album. So is High and Dry. Those are uh, yeah. those are t- if, the, if you're gonna own any Def Leppard albums, I think those are the two to own if you want to hear their early stuff. Yeah, I like that stuff. Um, tough to like I said, tough to pick one because I love the whole album. But this is Def Leppard with Wasted from 1980.
as Steve Clark. I love it. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's interesting hearing them. And that, that album was produced by also by Tom Allen for uh, Vertigo Mercury Records. Nice. So Tom Allen was a busy guy back in those days. That's my Def Leppard right there. That's yep. the stuff that I like. Well, that's the I'll raw. Take, I take Pyromania and version. Summer Hysteria. That's the pre-Mutt Lang version of Def Leppard. Yeah, Before he sure. changed their sound completely. I like it. I like it raw like that. So that's all I've got for the day. We've been having a good time today. And so before we get out of here, I've got one more left for us before we go. But, of course, we want to remind you, you got to go to decibelgeek.com. There's, I mean, the articles, Chris. The articles, dude. They're there, amazing. There's at least one, if not two, every day. Like Every day. Yeah. I'm having a hard time keeping up. And i got to go back in the archives and catch up on what I missed out on because... The, I got to be honest with you. The articles that are coming out on decibelgeek.com right now are some of the best that I've ever yeah. seen in a long time. We've really, you know, we've, of course, it's the podcast, but, you know, don't ever forget. And, you know, of course, some people don't even know there's a podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that, you know, we've got probably the best group of rock and roll journalists as a team in the whole freaking world and they're only found at decibelgeek.com and we've like really built our own little community like we're all we're all friends we talk you know we're not doing stuff together like we just it's it's been it's just been the that's the probably the most rewarding thing after doing this for four years is just seeing this community that sprawled up and friendships come up from it you know like even if i never make a dime on it it's been worth it just for that you know absolutely it's, it's just it's awesome and uh yeah, we're, we've got some really talented writers, and, and they're getting attention from the bands that they're covering. Like totally. Like Hardcore Superstar, um, you know, they followed us on Twitter after the uh, review came up that we just had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, and all for the episode, to toot our own horn a little bit, you know, Anthony Quarter mentioned uh, how much he enjoyed Steve Whiteman's vocals from Kicks. Right. And Kicks uh, retweeted the link to the episode, which was really impressive. Well, I was of really course, happy to hear that. They listen to the show every week of anyway, course. but they were just glad to hear, yeah. you know. <laughs> Steve Whiteman is sitting in his bus, just he can't wait for the new album, the new episode to come out. Right. But uh, yeah, it's been. They might talk about us this week. Yeah, it's been great. And um, love it. But yeah, so yeah, we've had, uh, we've had fun doing this and great articles on the site. Hopefully you enjoyed enjoy the show yeah and, i hope uh, you guys do too we're having a yeah. lot of fun doing it you know and uh of course the other things we got to let you know about you know you want to be geek of the week just share retweet yeah. do what you got to do help us get the word out it's all rock and roll it's it all grassroots it means a lot to us uh amazon.com you know the link it's at the website go through it when you're buying all these bands all this new wave of british heavy metal awesome albums we've talked about today and there's so many more you know if you're going to buy the albums if you're going to buy anything do it through our link at decibelgeek.com gives us kickback as you know while you're on amazon well while you're at the website you want to click on that other banner that's hk collectibles inc yes. and that's our friend the that's that's our friend right there and we want you to know about all the cool stuff that he's got over at his amazon store so take the time please to check that out you'll thank us later and uh what else you know subscribe on itunes yep. that's that's a big thing we want those itunes reviews we want to read yours next week so yes. get to work if you if you get to work on it right away We'll By the time it. next week comes around, we'll be ready to read it. So make it good because we want to read it on the air. And T-shirts available also. Click t-shirts, on the shop. Button. Yeah, T-shirts, all that good stuff. We're starting to sound um, like Eddie Trunk. Let's play some more music. Yeah, I guess uh, we might as, well, might as well crank it out. Here's another one. <laughs> we just couldn't do New Wave of British Heavy Metal without the mighty Iron Maiden. No way, no how. Originating from Leighton, right outside London, formed on Christmas Day in 1975 by bassist Steve Harris and guitarist Dave Murray. They struggled for five years with a revolving cast 
before it finally clicked with Ch- uh, Murray's childhood friend Adrian Smith, Clive Burr, and Paul Deano on vocals. Within time, Deano would be replaced by Samson vocalist Bruce Dickinson, and that's when things really took off. So I can't think of a better way to wrap up the Decibel Geek podcast right here today with a track from Iron Maiden. Man, this is a great album. It's off the number of the beast. You're going to crank it up. You're going to love it. We'll see you back here right here next week. And uh, hey, wait a minute. Who are you? The new number two. Well, who's number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I'm a free man. <laughs>
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 